the deposits may come in my name, but it's really not one <laughs> it's, income. It's, 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 it's our a joint income. effort. Yeah, I mean, and the next call I got was basically like, "Can you be in New York in four days?" <laughs> and and that's when your traveling venture started. I know about this whole story about I mean, you're still using points from that business from doing that. Yeah, we yeah. we still we still have points. So that's Jake from Ethos. <laughs> Jake from Ethos. Yes. Yeah, is because. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's nobody walking this planet that, you know, can claim the status of being perfect in anything. Yeah, our our, our president and CEO, Barry Clarkson, always says you can't be a mental wee-wee. <laughs> in the next, exactly. Hey, that's the most polite way to saying you can't be a mental wee-wee in this business. Well, it is not, uh, it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. So welcome you guys back to the second podcast that I have ever recorded. So thank you for whether you're listening, viewing, however you're doing it. Um, we appreciate every single one of you guys being here. Um, today, actually tonight, we had um, a long day at a, our second day of the conference. That's why we're dressed the way we are. Um, and you're going to see, um, you know, one, probably my best friend, brother, um, running buddy. He has challenged me ever since I got into the business. Um, got started just barely before me, but... Um, yeah, keeps me on my toes and everything like that. So I get the honor to introduce Griffin Carr. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to discuss what we're going to discuss and for you guys to hear how our stories have kind of aligned in a sense. So Griffin Carr, thank you for joining. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So um, today was a very fun day. Um, if you guys weren't here, don't mind his mustache. I asked him to shave it. He wouldn't shave it. So um, <laughs> he's going to look the way he looks, I guess. So hey, confidence is key, right? Right. So for those of you that are watching this normally i have pretty full beard but uh yeah we had a special event today where i was one of the game show hosts for uh one of the sections and this just happened to go with the look because we had a 70s vibe going on for a training event related to uh theater group system equisystem and field underwriting so uh this just happened to be part of it and you know like you said it's the evening we've wrapped up for the day and uh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking the look for now until, uh, until my wife makes me shave it off. Yeah, I wonder how long that's gonna take her. That's for sure. <laughs> so I, it's probably a matter of hours, may, maybe a day or two at best. You'll probably have it tomorrow, and then when you get on the airplane in first class, you'll you'll end up getting it taken off. So that's for sure. I'll probably rock it to the airport. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, there you go. So, um, but yeah, the game show was epic. I'll I'll throw some uh video. We got video of the uh game show. I'll throw a couple clips in there so people can <laughs> actually know what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man. Hey, thank you for being on. You know, um, especially the zero to everything. Um, I know you didn't have a very um fast start and things like that. You know, we all have our struggles getting into this business, um, and history prior to this business. So. Um, I always like starting there, you know, kind of give us an idea of, you know, where you first came, um, came out of, how you got into insurance, um, you know, if you've tried multiple businesses and kind of let's go into there and then we'll dive into there. Sure. Yeah. So I'm one of those people, I think that's pretty common with our generation where I've done a little bit of everything in terms of work. Um, you know, I worked in and out of college and came out of school. I'll, I'll give the Cliff Notes version of resume. So hopefully it re you know, resonates with somebody who's done lots of different things. But I actually started out as a just cleaning pools. I was a pool boy. Um, you know, through high school and college, I lifeguarded and learned some of the technical aspects of that. And that translated into after I graduated college, I had um, I went to school for acoustical engineering and had in, in getting breaking into the production community. And it, it's very much 
the gig economy when it comes to that type of thing. So, you know, I started with a full-time job, uh, not very long into that. I did step into a management role and managed uh, fleet of trucks, going out, doing service, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, things just kind of changed over time. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of leads up to the, the reasoning why I eventually figured out that I was going into business for myself or what, that's where I needed to be. Um, from there, you know, I got laid off for some crazy reasons, just from a boss who had no clue what they were doing and, you know, kind of had this, they bought their way in and just completely ran a business into the ground. Uh, from there, I went into a similar role with a company that was a large vending company. I managed a, um, what was called an OCS division, so Offy Coffee Supplies. So I managed inventory, did sales for accounts, um, made sure the trucks were running efficiently, was a buyer. Um, you know, kind of hit the ceiling there. It, it, it was a similar, actually different situation, but, it, you know, I grew that division much faster than the owner had anticipated. And after less than two years was basically told, hey, you know, we're not going to allocate any more money on the buying and supplying side of this. So your team's basically just got to manage with what we're willing to allocate to that. And when you've got guys with base salary with commission based levels, it's essentially like saying, Hey, so your income is capped for the foreseeable future. So not mm -hmm. many of us were willing to hang on to that for a while. Um, when I left there, one of our clients happened to be a, a, um, a, very large credit card company who's had a lot of commercials. Uh, you might have seen Jerry Seinfeld on them before back in the day. And I was a business analyst for them. It was one of those things that kind of fell in my lap where it was the one and only corporate job that I had where I got in there and gave it what I thought was my best and quickly realized that that corporate bureaucratic environment, um, maybe I'm too analytical, maybe it's I just am not cut from that cloth to right. work in that environment. So um, I did that as well for a couple of years. Meanwhile, this whole time with my production background, I was actually working my way into having my own business. I just didn't have the income to justify mm -hmm. doing just that yet. And so eventually I kind of hit the ceiling there as well. And um, we left on Good terms, I right. guess, but <laughs> however you, know, you can leave corporate America. I mean, it, what do you call it? Good terms and not good terms. I mean, yeah, but that was that was kind of my first push going into business for myself, and it was one of those you had to make it work. Right. Thankfully, the planets aligned where I had enough in the works, and I had some gigs fall in my lap where um, I started doing a lot of regular studio work. I worked in the music industry. I worked in. Uh, what we call like audio post-productions there's things related to tv and film mm -hmm. and um, even random gigs where we did acoustical treatment design for designing spaces whether it was like a restaurant or a recording studio right whatever it was where it's just now noisy environments and people want it to be comfortable whether it's for a, a, a you know a production environment or um, for something where just you know somebody goes into a restaurant and they're located next to a train station they want mm -hmm. it you know you know high-end restaurant they want it the environment to be comfortable and um you know th those little things matter when you're running a business so right, exactly um so i did that for a while and 
with it being sort of a gig thing in that world, you have to, you have to be very multifaceted. And so I was doing studio work. I eventually landed a job working for an entertainment company that managed a lot of um, high dollar party bands and corporate bands. They got hired for all, you know, Mm -hmm. these things where people spend crazy amounts of money, but it was a very cool gig. Uh, That was my first job tour managing and overseeing live production events. So Uh, I'm going to stop you there real quick. So getting into, before you get into production stuff, because I know that's kind of like the segue into getting closer to the insurance career. So if you had to guess, you know, out of, Coming out of high school, how many, even if it's just corporate America, how many corporate jobs do you think you had between um, coming out of high school to getting into insurance? Actual corporate job, one. Just one? Okay. Yeah. But how many businesses would you say you tried between between the gigging and um, all the other things? I would say three. Three? Okay. So, it, yeah, because I always like pointing that out because a lot of people think that people just get into insurance and uh, it's the only thing that they try. Because um, I know I... Um, personally, my family calls me the the guy that tries everything. So, um, and so like I had a lot of um, tried a lot of different things, a lot of different MLMs and things like that to get get my ball rolling. Um, then I got into corporate America, worked in corporate America for uh, four years, um, just trying to find what fulfilled me the most. So, yeah, I yeah I I would say three because those were the three primary full time jobs that I had post high school and college. Uh, the really the only sales background I had was working in a retail environment in a camera shop. Um, I, and that wasn't even something I was necessarily into. I just, my best friend, uh, went to a, went to SCAD and he was a video production guy. And so by default with me having the musician background, I just kind of became the audio guy. And mm-hmm. so leading up into that, you know, there were some sales related to, um, working in the OCS division of that vending company. But outside of that, I had no sales experience at all whatsoever, especially in the environment we're in now. Um, it, it was a totally different atmosphere. And other than, you know, owning your own business, it's like you're always kind of selling yourself in, right. in some capacity of what mm-hmm. you're doing, but not like the way we do now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this business, it's really, um, you know, how we – like we were talking about today in, in the meeting, you know, it's it's really a perspective of like who we are, who we it's an attractive based business. Um, you know, we, we always call it the cash flow glow. Um, being able to have um, you know, not even nice things. I don't even consider them nice things anymore. It's just luxuries of hard work, really, is what I I cons- I contributed to. So um, but I know the audio stuff, I know you had some really cool things that you did there. Um, so kind of give me an idea, you know, or and and the viewers obviously, um, you know, what you went through with, um, I think you worked for Samsung at one point too, um, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So leading into that, um, through, yeah, I did get to that, to, to back up a little bit before I got there, Samsung was one of the clients that I got to, but so I, I did a lot of the production work. I was running my own production company. I, I, you know, I was the head engineer of recording studio in, in based in Atlanta. Um, I did a lot of freelance work there, bouncing around to different studios. And a lot of that aspect of the sales was, you know, word of mouth and project-based work with recognition and and getting referrals from that aspect. Um, And I did end up, you know, it's funny, I talk about this with our team and with other people, you know, with, with these type of recognition things, 
but how little money I was making. So there, mm-hmm. there was a fulfilling element of it, but being a musician, it's also like it becomes soulless because it's one of those things where it's like, it was your passion getting into it. And then you find out the hard truths of what it takes and the, the sacrifices of standards that you have to make just to make a living. And so it, um, the two notable things that I did in that was I did work on two Grammy nominated records. Both of them lost to the same artist in the <laughs> same year um, who happens to be a great artist. I'm not going to throw the name out there, but, <laughs> but even that, you know, having, being able to name drop something like that in terms of recognition, it, it sounds fancy, but from an income standpoint, it, it was nothing compared to like what we do now. Oh, yeah, so it, sure. it's, it looks good on a resume, but in terms of, you know, being able to keep a roof over your head and pay your bills, it, it, it income wise, you were still, I was still working for somebody else. And so, um, coming out of that, you know, I had a lot of things in life going on and I just wanted, I, I got to the point where I needed to change. Right. That's what I was, I was literally just going to ask you, you know, what, what made you or what desires did you have or what was changing in your life that you're like, Hey man, I just need to, I need to change. I need to change a pace or I got to find something different. A lot of it was personal things. Um, and part of it was that the, the, the music industry element, that was a passion of mine. And where I realized I did want to run a business in that, that aspect, but I just gotten to a point in the industry where I was doing things that I, I was just, it was draining and it, it, it I, I eventually just hit that threshold where I decided I wanted to look into another business venture because because that was a passion of mine. It was that was one of those non-negotiables for me where I did not I wanted to be able to continue to do that in my own capacity with control over it in the business side as well as from a creative standpoint. And so that's why I started looking to something else. And as it turned out, uh, you know, I, I don't tell a lot of people this, but now, you know, when we talk about like Matt Weiner and his mm-hmm. being the Walmart boy, one of the things <laughs> that he's branded me as is being like, the you know, the, the hair guy. Right. So when I came out of that, there was uh, a friend of ours that actually had just becoming a, man- a managing partner of a salon. And so while I was looking for different jobs, I wanted to get my hair cut one day. And so, you know, like you do with any hairstylist, you go in and people tell everything of the hairstylist. And so he, he knew that I was looking for work and he's like, so he explains, yeah. So basically myself and this other individual, we just became managing partners. We were apprentices straight out of high school. Wait, do they actually call themselves managing partners? They were managing partners. They, they were actually promoted to managing partners. Well, that's what it's called in hairstyle. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that was only in like law firms. No, it, they were called that because there was still other actual owners who had the controlling interest okay got it but they were they were running a location so um in terms of control over certain things in the business Mm -hmm. they didn't have that but they got the they got the financial benefits of being managers who had (laughs) financial interest in the business and so um this person had told me essentially we know how to do hair but we know nothing about the business side and he knew that i had been running my own business and he basically was like, you know, could you help us with some of the behind the scenes things as it relates to books and managing a book of business and inventory? And these were all things that I dealt with with other jobs right. I had. Yeah. So, I, you know, I I came in and in looking at those things while I was just kind of consulting, if you will, for them, that was when I realized 
the guy who was cutting my hair, I, I see some of these numbers. I'm like, holy cow, you realize you made a six-figure income cutting hair? And for people that work in the hair industry, when you like, when you say it that plainly, it's kind of offensive. And to him is like, uh, no, it's there's definitely more to it than that, which is totally true. Mm-hmm. But it, just you like know, with any business, obviously. yeah. But in, uh, so as we started talking and looking into that, uh, and he and me understanding that he apprenticed the company, trained him, and then promoted from within. That did fall in line with what I was trying to get to, where I was like, okay, I can learn. And he threw it out there, and I was just, you know never in my wildest dreams did I think I would go down that avenue right it was just not something that I saw but having that creative background I did see I'm like okay well this potentially could be a cool thing because it could be a new creative outlet that I could learn uh to enjoy but also there's the potential of making a really good income Mm -hmm. and so I apprenticed ultimately I apprenticed in a salon and got my cosmetology license through doing so that I never went to school for it. Um, and I moved up very quickly within that business. Um, and, and the one thing I will give them credit for is that they did promote from within. Right. Um, you know, they, they recognize people that work really hard, but in to kind of sum up that part of it, you know, I chased every carrot, jumped through every hoop and I had two different opportunities where they actually talked about off. There were actual, new location managing partner positions that had come up and I was at the top of that list. But then as soon as we think the wheels are going to start moving, it was like suddenly the, the, the rug got for one reason or another, right. they pulled the rug out from under my feet. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know, that's obviously the downside of um, corporate America. You know, I, I was going to school for engineering, obviously, and started in corporate. They, they offered me that cushiony six figure um, income at age 19. I was like, Oh yeah, this, this sounds nice. This sounds nice. Um, and my, my job essentially was to come into the business and um, change it. You know, it was a failing store. They said I had one year to turn around. If they didn't, they're going to close down the close down the um, the store and close down my position, obviously. So right. I was like, all right, wait, back against the wall. Turn the business from, you know, they're doing about half a million. It was actually 525000 a year. Uh, been open for four years. And then turn around to like a $1.5 million store the next year. Um, and then it's not easy to do. It's not, but it was, it was very simple, simple business ethics that you had to follow against obviously. But, um, but it's just funny. You kind of mentioned that it reminded me of, you know, after a year and a half doing that, you do all these goals, you set all the things, you do everything that they want you to do. Um, and then they cut my salary in half. And I was like, what? (laughs) It makes no sense. You know, you make them all this money and you're like, what, 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 what's going on? So, yeah, with where I was in the business, I, I, you know, I became, I became an in-house educator. Um, as crazy as that sounds, I was self, I was taught by the owners, and then I was now teaching other stylists how to cut hair, and I, I was teaching color theory and all the technical aspects of that. And where where it really started to wear on me was they, that's where they they start putting these expectations and workload things on, and they knew I would work hard, but they definitely did not honor my time or compensate me for those things. And so it's, you're doing all this work. And at that point in time, I'm working 60, 80 hours a week and first one in last one out. And then I'm, I'm pouring into all these other people, but now these other people are reaping the benefits of it. Meanwhile, if I sacrifice, sacrifice my time in doing that in my own book of business to help others, Mm -hmm. which is something I'm really passionate about doing, 
it's like it hurt my income and then the the people that owned it they're the ones that get to reap the benefits all that and in doing so the way the commission structure worked was like if you didn't hit these certain thresholds it's not like the business we're in now where you earn it and then you get to stay there it's like you could drop back down on commission level oh yeah and so now it's like i'm working for free essentially and by the way oh you're getting a pay cut Mm -hmm. It, it made no sense so um leading up to what you were bringing up before talking about the you know samsung um one of my clients through just i i I was um for people in the hair industry my wife can attest to this and one of one of the agents on our team who is you know a very seasoned stylist um I, i i would say that i specialized in barbering that's what i was really passionate about and so there was a guy who came in that um, I ended up being really, you know, just re- building a really good relationship with. And over time of talking, we realized that we'd actually in the production world had worked on similar projects and, and some of the same projects at different times. Hmm. And so that was where that opportunity kind of came in where he's like, yeah, I just, I just got hired as a, a senior um, director for this marketing agency that was based in New York. And it was funny is that like, even though he knew about all my background, he didn't even mention the job to me at first, (laughs) but we were, you know, connected on social media and I see him post looking for two senior producer positions. And I'm like, you know, what the hell, man? Like, you know, my background, (laughs) like, come on. So I messaged him and he was like, I didn't think you would leave your other job. I'm like, I'm fed up. Mm-hmm. you know i'm doing everything here and i'm i know i'm worth more than that so um he's like yeah if you're serious you know, let's go i i did not know a whole lot of it but that production background that i had before then started transitioning into the marketing and advertising world and so when i agreed to do it it, it, it happened so quickly because first you know even despite all my frustrations with that business i'd been there a long time with the previous job i'd been there a long time and so i wanted to be respectful of that and at first i was like you know can you give me like eight weeks because transferring a book of business is not an easy thing to do because i mean you've got in that world you've got people booked you know two or three months out sometimes so it started off with that and then i just gotta mention too it is crazy i was sitting down with my barber uh recently it's crazy how much money you know hairstylists and barbers make and and what they pay for for chair rent i was looking at him i was in the barber shop i was like you know just out of curiosity what are you paying for chair rent you know um and that's one of the beautiful things about this business you know when once you start making that income it's like you start looking at different ways to diversify your your money and so he was like yeah i pay 200 bucks 200 bucks a week i said 200 bucks a week i'm looking at the store there's eight other chairs in here i'm adding it up i'm like man all you're doing is paying for you're paying for rent and the owner of this is doing nothing all they do is do like a little cubicle, pay for, get that set up, and then the rest is just history at that point. Right. I mean, it's like the McDonald's model, right? You know, you know, we all think they sell hamburgers, but mm-hmm. the, you know, if you watch the documentary about him, it's the, really they're in the real estate business. And right. so, from what I realized, was like, you know, most of their locations they had leases, but they they owned the business, and the ones that I saw that were just absolutely flourishing that in that industry that were just on top it's like they owned every aspect of the business like what you're talking about mm-hmm. and you know it, they were trading that dream and th- and there's nothing against like for people that that's their passion i get it um 
I just did not get into that business because that was my passion first and foremost. I was looking for something different and the business model was what was attractive to me. Um, I, I didn't like my wife had that passion for like, you know, for that creative outlet and to her, the, of course, she wanted to get paid really well, but at the same time, like she just loves. She does have a fancy lifestyle, she, right? She, she, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> Th that's definitely changed. <laughs> definitely changed a little bit. Well, it, it, hey, life changes as you start making more money, right? So, and it, hey, I know you gotta give a big shout out to your to your wife and your two beautiful kids. I mean, I mean, they're definitely the backbone of your business. I can tell, see it in your eyes and everything when you're speaking. So, <laughs> yeah. especially today when she was the the host of uh, um, breaking down the numbers and stuff on the yeah. board. So, yeah, she she was she was my Vanna White today on, <laughs> during the game show. But yeah, that um, where was I going with that? Um, with that, you know, that was her passion, and she was okay with that. Meanwhile, for me, as it, with the relationship progressing it's like we were at that phase of our life i mean we were basically paycheck to paycheck and we did like nice three things but we also were as getting older it's like you want to put down roots or you know ha have a home and talk about having kids and now we're talking about like well how are we ever going to get out of the student loan debt and mm -hmm. these things to actually like move forward not just in a relationship but in life and so when that opportunity came there, it was it, the job is like, I asked for eight weeks and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we can do, make that work. And then I get a phone call three or four days later. It's like, can it be four weeks instead? And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think I can make that work. And then maybe a few more days comes by is like, hey, can, seriously, can you just put in a two week notice? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm talking to my wife and, and she she's, we work for the same company at that point. So I, you know, I'm transitioning that book of business to her, but knowing what's in the pipeline of the income that's about to come from this next job is it became less of a concern. And so, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll do two week notice. Mm -hmm. And then the next call I got was basically like, can you be in New York in four days? <laughs> and, and that's when your traveling venture started. <laughs> I know about this whole story about, I mean, you're still using points from that business from doing that. Yeah. We, yeah. we still, <laughs> We still have points, so that's and so Mr. Yeah, first class over here. Yeah, so you mentioned Samsung. Technically, I was I was a consultant for a marketing agency. Um, some of our big clients were like Samsung, Bacardi, American Express, uh, Facebook. They worked with a lot of big companies, and they did lots of different. There's a million different avenues of marketing it, with these type of companies, and right. so. Um, as a producer in the regular corporate world that, you know, they could, you could kind of compare that to a project manager type role. But when I signed up and when I finally agreed to do this kind of, you know, at the drop of a hat and they originally offered me three grand a week on a consultant rate. And then with my hesitation, it was like, all right, we'll make it four. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, I'm out because now we're talking about more money than I've ever like, with what we were averaging, I was going to make more in two weeks than uh, most of the time I was making in a month. Right. With, yep. with this other job before. And so I dove straight into that head first. And it was definitely these experiences leading up to that were why I was so willing to jump straight into that because I kind of figured out that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're a hard worker, you're eventually going to find if, right. as you're yeah. leveling up what your value is, you're eventually going to find yourself self-employed or a 1099 position because you start 
noticing these things about businesses where you're trading a salary and benefits mm -hmm. at, for this false sense of security. And, but when you really realize from a business perspective, it's like, it, those things are not worth as much as people believe that they are. And that it, it's, you, you think it's your job, but you're really just renting it because right. it's, it's the position that the owner of that business decides who gets to fill it. Exactly. And it, and it seems like, you know, um, looking at from the outside in anymore with new agents that we bring in, it seems like um, they all have a story about um, whether they're in corporate America, try different businesses, but they always are at least the, the top elite people um, are always the ones that, just dive in head first you know like you say you just dropped it in in a um like a hat and went off and did the samsung gig um but that's what really i think builds entrepreneurs in this in the united states is um not having that fear you know just going full force and like believing in a system and then learning that system as quickly as possible right so to transition to get to the industry that we're actually talking about and why we're on here to begin with and what's what we're really about now right is when i came out of that on towards the end of that project, that company decided that they wanted to do me the favor of offering me a salaried position, which I all that entire time I was based out of Georgia. Now I was traveling nonstop and I've told the story to any, any of our agents or anybody that I've interviewed when I talk about this stuff, you know, the last five and a half months I was on that project, I'd flown over 97,000 miles on one airline that I was tr tracking. And that, that was the airline I was supposed to use per my contract, but with how much we were traveling, that didn't always happen. Right. So that's, and them coming in and saying, yeah, we want to move you into this director role, but your compensation level right now is really more of like this senior director mm. role. And I'm like, okay, well then what are we talking? And like, um, well, we're going to need you in the office three days a week. And basically we're going to cut your income by about 25%. And I'm just like, but okay. you have a salary. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, okay. that's always funny. They're like, but we'll put you on salary. Like that's going to make a big difference or not. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're taking a pay cut. You want me to move to one of the most expensive cities in the world and you're going to justify it with your benefits package. <laughs> yeah. That's not adding up to me. So I respectfully declined that. And, um, you know, we took, think you know i was blessed enough to where we were we had built up a, a bit of a nest egg we were in the process of buying a home I, I i was emotionally and physically drained from that whole process and so i i did take some time off to kind of realign and um in doing so you know it's like i settled some things to where like we were kind of moving into the next phase of our life buying a house and starting to talk about having kids and that was a big deciding factor as well, where, you know, we want, we were at a place where we finally weren't paycheck to paycheck, but it's like to have a family, my wife's like, okay, well let's do it. But at some point you actually have to be here. <laughs> right. And with that job, I was never home. I mean, to the degree that they were actually paying to fly her out to me with how irritated I was getting right. with being gone. And it, it was a huge strain on us. And so in that time off, it, you know, eventually it settles in. I think anybody that has that entrepreneurial skill set, it's like you can't just sit there and do nothing. E even as much as I, I can keep myself busy with other like music projects and things that I'm a part of where I'm passionate about, it's I, I got to work. 
you know? Right, yeah. I mean, yeah and you, you can't just go backwards in life that way. And so what happened was I was, you know, I, I'd been working on a project, needed to take a break. And so I, job hunting was on the forefront of my brain. And I started looking and I came across a video from a, it actually was on LinkedIn, but it was actually, it was actually a ZipRecruiter ad that just somehow ended up on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. it ended up being a video of Nick Theodore. And the agency name, I didn't even realize at the time that it was different from the guy who, <laughs> you know, from Nick, actually, I thought I was responding to him. And so I ended up messaging at like 1130 at night, which is, you know, most people that are, that <laughs> are gonna recruiting. going to respond at that time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like most people in recruiting are be like, why is this person doing this? But, um, so I, I get a text message the next day saying, contact this number to schedule an interview, went through that whole process. And then having never worked, like you mentioned kind of MLM platforms, everything, I, I'd never worked in anything like that. And I def definitely had never worked in a sales role, but in that video, listening to the products and how that industry was so relevant with like living benefits life products it did strike a chord with me because i had a personal situation with a family member who went through a lot and because of things that weren't known with their health insurance and that type of thing kind of being this gray area transitioning from full-time into retirement you know they did get blindsided with a substantial amount of medical bills yeah that they just didn't see happening. And so they didn't lose their house in the process, but it did set them back. And so when I was learning about this stuff, I liked that the products were relevant. I liked that there was a system in place as I began to learn where it wasn't a cold calling concept. It wasn't, you know, like we talked about the MLM thing. There was yeah. a, this element of, you know, reaching out to your friends and family and, buying a product system to then, you know, go push that. And really you're the customer to that company who's right. like, you're buying their packet of whatever. Mm -hmm. And that, and that, that was my favorite part, you know, even looking at the business to begin with my, myself was um, we weren't having to reach out to the friends and family. You know, no. like I said, I, I, I had tried multiple different businesses, a bunch of different things. And as you're trying those things, obviously some of those require you to reach out to friends and family. You know, I had gone through my entire book of business <laughs> of yeah. reaching out to friends and family. And after the third one, they're like, yeah, we're, we're good. We're right. good. We're good. So when I saw this, this business model, I'm like, ah, I'll try it, you know? And so, um, but I just want to make sure I clarify too. So the, the kind of the canvas, you guys, you were looking for something um, that had the same income potential that you were currently making, but also being able to have the flexibility to have your family. Yeah. So I, you know, I had financially leveled up in that. And so at the time I kept referring to it as like New York money because people that the cost of living is higher. People make, you know, on average, make more money in those type of cities that are more expensive. Right. So I, with where we live in Georgia, I didn't necessarily have to exactly replace that, but there was a mm -hmm. part of me that knew that like, okay, I like I'm valued at a minimum of that now. So I did, that was a goal. And when I interviewed with my original hiring manager, um, you know, I threw those numbers out just to see if he would flinch, mm -hmm. specifically to see if, you know, if they're gonna come back and be like, okay, well maybe in like five to 10 years. <laughs> and and if that was the answer, I wouldn't have even considered it, um, but he didn't. And so I did get a slow start and I did some research on that, but part of that was when I first, 
So getting let's let's stop there for one second. So getting getting a slow start. What do, what does that mean? You know, are we talking about you know you sat with ten people, you didn't hear anybody, or was it just you just went, were taking your time, just diving deep, trying to learn as much as you can before you actually got started, or you know, kind of give me the process of like. So you talk to the gentleman, you do an interview, then what? So well, my slow start was. I talked to him and then I I took my time with doing the pre-licensing course because when I started it it was right before we had accept or had an offer accepted on a house. So I kind of started studying and then dealing with the move and getting settled and then, you know, we had just found out that our first child was on the way that my wife was pregnant with our daughter. So we we had life events. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily me getting started slowly in the business itself at that point but then we get settled in the house and it's like a ticking time bomb it's like okay <laughs> you got a house it, now. For, for anybody that has kids it's like they know it's like okay that there's like this genetic thing happens that you start to realize that i'm responsible for another human being and i i, I still got to keep the roof over our heads but also like i got to keep that kid alive <laughs> you know it's like otherwise you're a bad parent well you know what I mean? Yeah. Put it up that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, anyways, so, it, you know, that what at that point in time, once we got settled, it's like I really started to dig in. And to, to be quite honest, um, there was some disconnects with the initial hiring manager team that I started with. And there was an element of this where it kind of was a school of hard knocks because I didn't know what I didn't know yet. Right. And I had not plugged in with the company the way we we teach people to do now. And the one thing that that manager did really well was that in January of 2020, it was like, hey, if you're going to do this for real, you need to get to this event. And it happened to be Equus Financial's um, National Training Convention of 2020. It was before COVID hit. And so I got out there. And we did have some other smaller, um, at the time they were called ETCs or Equus training camps. Mm -hmm. And so I'd gotten out and met people in the business and some of the people that I was working with my upline. And that's where things really started to click because then I knew it was like, those excuses didn't matter. And there was way more structure to the business than I even realized. And part of that's on me because I, I just hadn't plugged in the the way it, you know, it was already readily available. I just wasn't looking that hard. Right. Yeah. But what I got to say about our team is that, you know, coming in, that's not a factor for most people nowadays. That was just like, that just happened to be the, 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 you know, how the dice were rolled for me. It's fun. It's funny looking, looking, you know, you know, I've been in it for three years, I think what, four years for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back from when we first started, I know you even started a year before me. Um, it, it's completely polar opposite. I mean, it was more like my manager. I remember my manager just saying, hey, go through these steps, figure it out, you know, and, and watch this video 20 times. That's the one thing that she told me. Um, we have, So we have a seven-step training program, if you guys don't know. But um, she told me, go to step seven, watch the video 20 times, and you're ready to go. I was like, huh? That's it. Anything else? I mean, I mean, I don't know anything I'm doing. So, yeah. but um, you know, now it now it we we literally um hold your hand through the whole process and get you going. Right. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's a different world. But you know, this in this industry, it absolutely will put you under a microscope. And if you're looking to grow, it's the best thing that can possibly happen to you because it will force you to become a better version of yourself. Now, if you're not ready for that 
you know, it, it's going to be, it, you're going to have a tough time either way, but you're definitely going to have a tough time right. if you're not ready to tackle those things. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's nobody walking this planet that, you know, can claim the status of being perfect in anything. Yeah. Our, our, our president and CEO, Barry Clarkson always says you can't be a mental wee wee <laughs> in the day. Exactly. And that's the most polite way to say you can't be a mental wee wee in this business. Well, it is not, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Well, getting to that event, hearing, uh, I did get to hear Barry speak one time at a much smaller event right before that. And then getting to that event and hearing that and hearing the things that resonate with me in terms of the culture of Equus Financial as a whole, getting to meet Nick Theodore in person. Um, I believe that was for the second or third time at that point, but really getting to spend some time. And one of the things that he told me, it's like, I made a good impression. And regardless of any of the other stuff that's going on, he's like, Hey, you know, we had some conversations. He kind of understood my background. He's like, I want you to go talk to this person, this person, and this person. And that's exactly what I did. And what that did was like, I started building relationships, but it also, I, it was, he, he was intentionally positioning me to be with some guy, like some other guys in the business who were a, a little bit, or in some cases a lot more, but in a career, part of their career progression that were had things that I wanted for myself. And so there were things that I could learn from them, but also it was like, that was something obtainable that I could, I could learn from them, but also chase them in a healthy way of, you know, a selfie, a healthy uh, approach to. Right. And, and, um, you know, you, I just want to touch real quick on, on relationships, you know, um, that is one major thing I learned in this business is, um, developing relationships, you know, in corporate America, you know, it's, it's cutthroat. And so, um, with this business, you know, it's really building, building relationships, having that, um, connection with individuals, even, and we, we just love to help people. Um, you know, I think of even our sponsor, you know, ethos, um, he, he more gracious man I've met, you know, took me out to dinner, took my team out to dinner last night. All right. So are you stressed out and don't know how to get life insurance right now? Maybe you've even gotten started or don't know how to get started. Well, we do have an actual sponsor here today on the podcast, and it's my honor to make sure I introduce Jake. He's actually the strategic national manager of Ethos, and he's going to explain, you know, maybe why you should look into insurance and why it's actually gotten a lot easier over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again, Brady, for for having me on. Uh, really, the the goal of Ethos and why it's so beneficial if you're just starting out in this industry is it makes really simple work of shopping around for just starting out in the industry, the traditional method of insurance has been doing a lot of work on the front end, right? And, and researching which products and which carrier options are going to be right for your clients. And even then you have to make sure that you're appointed with these different carriers, that you're, you have all the licensing and the contracting that you need. But with Ethos, when you're applying for a client with Ethos, our one single application is actually shopping four different carriers and seven different product options. And we're underwriting everything with an automated algorithm that's over my head, <laughs> all in one place and doing the work for you. So you put a client into an application and Ethos does the rest of the work. We'll determine which of those products, which of those carriers the client is going to be a good fit for and offer them the best rate possible. Really the, the goal that I've said so many times with Ethos is regardless of who's applying for coverage, we're going to find something that's going to fit for them. And we're going to make that process easier, not just for the client, but for the agent as well. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's definitely made my business a lot easier to, to do. You know, a lot of clients just don't know where to start. 
And if they don't want to go sit down with an insurance agent, you know, it's easier to say, hey, go to, go to this link. You're going to be able to apply for the insurance and go from there. So, you know, whether you're an agent looking to, for another carrier to partner with, Ethos is amazing to partner with. But if you're also listening and you want to get and look into some insurance, we're going to have a link down below that you just click. And it'll literally walk you through step by step. You literally have no questions at all. And the application takes maybe like five to 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Five to 10 minutes. We say, you know, the, the 15 minutes, because that's a, a fun little quip. Uh, okay. It's easy to remember. <laughs> but honestly, you, you can get right through there in probably seven minutes. This is probably the average. All right. Perfect. Well, I know a lot of us have seven minutes to make sure their families are protected. So, Jake, I appreciate your time and coming on. And uh, yeah, look forward to keeping our partnership going. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, but building, being able to build those relationships is really critical in the industry. Jake from Ethos. <laughs> Jake from Ethos, yes. Yeah. No, it, it, it's been crucial to the development for myself as a producer and then building a team and an agency and, and our business. I mean, the things that followed, I mean, things changed very quickly for us, you know, you know, and so going back to the slow start thing, it, it was, you know, you know, I did get dealt the COVID card. And so I, as I was plugging in and I was doing the right things, you know, none of us could have seen a world pandemic coming yeah, and that yeah. happened. And, you know, we, we'd actually already started building a team and all but two of them dropped off, but we still kept at it. And through that kind of baptism by fire, you know, when we talk about with what you and I went through, um, through that time frame and some of the agents on my team that endured that it, it really set us in a position to just not be emotionally phased by the ups and downs of the business. And, mm -hmm. and that's really where you want to get, if you're a new agent, if, when you become numb to that process, you're really setting yourself up to, you have no idea how quickly things can change. And so for us um, to kind of jump ahead in where we are now. So my first six months in the business, even though I thought I was working like a full-time <laughs> job you know it's I, I was really only putting in part-time activity oh yeah same thing when i first got started i mean a part-time i look back now at nick theater is like what were you doing i'm like man i was making more money than i ever seen in my life i was like i don't, I don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> yeah for me it was you know watching matthew weiner and matt gibbons and some of the other elite producers of the company and i'm sitting there like we all do the same thing and if if he can do it or she can do it, I definitely can do it. And I had that confidence. And so it took me going to an event where I got in a room with people that were kind of in the same position as me. And I had a pretty good foundation of what I was doing in the field. But as I like to talk about, you know, it was instead of this making this massive U-turn with the metaphorical aircraft carrier, I just needed to make these minor adjustments with things that I was doing with appointments in homes, um, even with setting appointments. And I left that event and my production literally doubled. And so that, that second half of the year in 2020, that's where I really hit like what we would consider to be more of a full-time activity schedule and production pace um, as an agent. And so our first year in the business, we actually replaced, despite me being, you know, half or part time mm -hmm. the first half of the year, we actually replaced our income from the job before. Right. Our second year in the business, as we we're, you know, we kept plugging into events, we, we kept like 
um, I kept plugging in with how, how pivotal do you think events are? You know, you, you kind of said that you doubled your income. Um, and it's crazy to me, you know, we, we talk a lot behind the scenes, right? About, um, individuals that come into the business and that they think they, they're just going to kill it, make a million bucks. Um, but never attend a training. It's like, we host these things and we're probably one of the only organizations that do it, host them for free. I mean, everything that we're putting on this week, weekend is free to everyone. Um, but you know, you're still going to only have 10% people show up that we invite. So I will say it like we talked about at the event today, and I'm going to consolidate. This came from multiple people talking about this. So if you plug in, as Barry Clarkson says, the one thing he will promise you is a hard time. And I think that it doesn't matter what business you're in. You're, you're, you're putting it all out on the line and, and taking control. And that comes with the responsibility and being tough and mentally tough and also um, taking that ownership of your own trajectory with your career. Um, so if you plug in on these things, you got a shot. The one thing I will tell you is if you don't plug in and you don't go to training, I can definitely guarantee you that you've got, you've, you've got a time clock kicking, clicking down and you're, it's just a matter of time before you're, you're going to plateau and you're going to look into something else or you're just going to be out of the business. Yeah. I've, I've personally struggled that, you know, where you, where you get to a pinnacle point in your career and then. Um, you know, you lose focus, you, you stop plugging into events, you stop plugging into meetings, you stop, you know, stop doing the things that you have to do to continue on. Um, because you literally have to be a sponge in this business. It is an ever, I mean, from, from three years ago to now the business and where it's, where it's come from to where it's now. I mean, I remember, um, having to do things on, um, transcribe paper where our carbon copies, I guess is what the name was. Um, and having, <laughs> it was 30 pages of carbon copies. You had to get a blank check from individuals um with an amount on it and then you had to issue this um and and fax it fax it guys fax i mean that i i didn't even know what that was when they first said it and so you had to fax it to the insurance company they had to um, approve it if there's any issues you had to go back out to the client i mean it was just a it, the 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 business was just horrible so um unfortunately there was a lot of bad things that covid caused but in the insurance industry definitely it made change the tra trajectory of how things are done well there were some bad things, but I mean, as Nick would say, in during that time, there were hurdles, but our business grew it literally doubled in size. Oh yeah, and I, I don't quote me on this, but it, life insurance in general was the number two or number three Google search query of that year because I mean, you're dealing with something that the the world hasn't seen in most people's lifetimes and now they're afraid for their mortality the products were already already relevant for the mortgage industry but now they're even looking further into that and with what we deal with there's a lot of other benefits that are just built into these products um so to circle back to where we are where we've been going and how you know how i see us moving forward is in our first year we replaced the income our second year we doubled our third year we were multi six-figure income right and by that third year i wasn't really even working you know when i worked i was working harder than i ever had before mm -hmm. but i was working less <laughs> if that makes sense oh it makes sense and so that's where to go back to where all this started, the three things that I was making really looking for was to replace or exceed the income that I was making before. And 
see some future there where it was sustainable. I wanted, I wanted to be home and present with my family while doing so. And I knew I was asking for what most people would say is a tall order, but I was used to working for myself mm. and I wanted to be my own boss. But at the same time, as much as like, you know, I thought I knew a lot about other things in the world. I was starting a brand new business and we thankfully, you know, it was a huge blessing to end up on the, you know, under Nick Theodore and on the, on this team, because they care, he cares enough to be brutally honest. And I don't know, I know I've worked for plenty of people that will just tell you what you want to hear because they just want to keep you on that hamster wheel doing the same thing because they know that it's to their advantage. And with work, you know, getting coached by him, it's like, tell me the good, bad, and the ugly because I want to grow. Exactly. And by doing so, you know, in a very short amount of time, we, we have, you know, hit a level of income that is not a lot of people can do in that amount of time. And I didn't have to go to school for eight years to try and get to, to be able to, to do something like that. We're able to do it at a standard and a quality. And, uh, you know, as we talk about with integrity, we get to do something that's fulfilling by serving other people. We get to provide for our families in a way that like, you know, mine and your generation, it, it you know, it's hard for a lot of people to live off one income. Oh yeah. I mean, it, Especially right now, I mean, even the income that we make, it it can, it can be hard sometimes. I mean, it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, and I got to be careful calling it one income because when Brittany, when my wife came into the business, you know, she came, she did come in part time, but you know, technically speaking, the business, I mean, she's a full partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, I guess she's technically got two jobs because she's at home with the kids and she runs like she has her land of the business and she handles that side of it. I handle the other side when it comes to production operations and agent training and those type of things. So um, the, the deposits may come in my name, but it's really not one <laughs> it's, income. It's, 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 it's our a joint income. effort. Yeah, I mean, and you definitely, I mean, you guys definitely uh, definitely use that to your advantage. I know um, recently you were able to um, surprise her without her even knowing. Um, I knew before she knew too um, that you were going to deliver a Porsche. So um, being able to do that. And, you know, that's what I love about this business. You know, I was on stage talking today and it's like, I, I really hope that the people that were there listening really felt what I, when I said, you know, this opportunity really gives us a lifestyle that I, I can't imagine ever having. Well, you know, that again, going back to things, you know, coaching with Nick. Yeah. If you'd asked me if I thought I would have been in my thirties buying a Porsche Cayenne, S specifically um <laughs> it matters <laughs> it, it you know for my wife i like that was something that you know, 10 years ago i didn't even think that was possible my financial blueprint was like that was something that like you, you know you're basically born into or you you know you just struck you know scratched off the right lottery ticket but you know the the cool thing about the coaching elements and you know obviously getting tax advice and those type of things it, it checked two boxes for me on my analytical side i'm like okay, this falls into a category where, you know, the IRS says that this type of vehicle, you know, qualifies for certain types of, you know, deductions because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But for her, it was her cool new mom car. And, <laughs> exactly. And it is fun to drive. And just a quick disclaimer, we are not tax ad um, advisors or anything like that. No. 
please talk to a CPA first. No, that that <laughs> so. that that came from a tax advisor. I'm not advising anybody to that. I don't know what the laws are or how that's changed. It's just that's how it worked out at the time. But it was super cool to not only be able to shop for that and then you know the same guy who has coached and like mentored me in our business it's like it just so happened to turn out that the car ended up being down in florida near where like one of his where his previous home was and so it's like i send him a link he goes out and test drives it for me and then decided first off i just got paused right there what man that you know that is worth over a hundred million dollars would go and do that for somebody that's not even close to that income bracket? Do you know? Do you do you know anybody? No. It's just it it, it baffles me um, the generosity of that man, and I can't wait. He's gonna be on the podcast here um, in the next week or so, and it is going to be um, insane being able to sit here and not only interview him but just be able to share the presence with him. Yeah, I, I can't say I know anybody else like that now, but with the way we're moving in our career and how we like to surround ourselves with people that positive impacts on us it there will be other people I'm oh sure. yeah most definitely i mean um first thing i name comes to my head is brian adams i mean oh for sure um, if you guys don't know who he is google his name you will know him very quickly <laughs> and so he's very uh I, I would say kind of behind the shadows guy but uh if you if you look into him you'll definitely find his name very quickly so um but real quick i just want to kind of um go into you know like where you're at now uh, I know you're in a massive expansion mode, just like myself right now, um, because we've we've done the hard work and the legwork and laid the foundation. Um, so what what's business been looking like lately? Well, um, we had our second child, so that <laughs> that was a curveball. That was definitely surprise child. It was definitely a pleasant surprise, a surprise nonetheless. Um, and you know where we've been is you know we're still leading from the front from a production side and. Our team's been growing and absolutely killing it. We're developing some awesome leaders within our team that, um, you know, surprise me every day. And it's it's awesome to see that culture that was attracted, that attracted me to the business starting to transcend into our business and how we attract other people into the business. Um, So, yeah, we're always growing and aspiring to do so. you know, it, it, it's been a another life event, but, um, you know, we pretty much haven't skipped a beat. You know, the, the stuff happens. And that was one of the beauties of this business is that you can endure those type of things. And, you know, it's not we can deal with it how we want to deal with it. And it's exactly. not like I got to go say, OK, well, I've used up my PTO for this amount of time. <laughs> now I got to go back to the grind. You know, we, we've been able to handle that how we wanted to. And so. You know, we've got some awesome leaders coming up within our team. Um, we've got a lot of new agents that are just absolutely killing it, like right out the gate. And that's something that, you know, you see in that as the more time we spend in here, it, it's, you know, as somebody in a in man, like myself, as like as a regional manager, as I grow, it's like I, I, I'm more efficiently identifying those type of people who are high caliber people who see, you know, opportunity and they're hungry for things and it's, you know, there, there's still work to be done, but you know, there's, there's more people coming. It's that, you know, the law of the lids attraction factor. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we're seeing that and, you know, we're in a position now where we're looking to move again and 
you know, we can pretty much be wherever we want because we can literally work just about anywhere in the country. And so we're leveling up to that aspect of our life. And we're, um, you know, we're excited for those changes, but you know, it, it's, it, we're still hungry for everything, but you know, we're in a cool place in life right now. It's like, I have time for to have going back to where this whole conversation started with like some of those creative outlets that I have. It's like, I have complete control over how, not just my time that I put into it, but like, if I want to do something, I can financially fund whatever I want with it. Exactly. And it, from a business aspect, I don't have anybody holding thing, anything over my head there. And then from the aspect of control of our schedule, we're in the same place and we, we've checked those boxes and it's, it's just getting better. Um, you know, we still have struggles like anything else, but you know, we're, we just stay optimistic and, and, you know, we block out the noise. We don't watch a lot of news and it, it, things are just really positive. And yeah, it, man. And, and that, you know, that's one thing I, I really love, you know, about, and the whole purpose of this podcast is to, um, make sure people understand, you know, um, insurance can be very sexy. It can be really, really great. Um, it can really change your family's life, but um, what I really like to getting down to is, you know, there is struggles, but you have to keep on grinding through it. You know, the grind doesn't yeah. stop. You can't be a mental wee wee. You know, um, <laughs> as Matt Gibbons would say today at the meetings, even though he broke one of the rules because we can't swear, but we can swear on here. So, um, you know, shit is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen, you know, whether it's a hurricane that comes in, you know, I dealt with that personally, um, whether you get sick, you know, things are going to happen. We're humans. Um, but with the benefits of the, this business is that you can overcome those very quickly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely overcome it. And um, I guess what I would wrap up with there is, you know, if if somebody's like looking into this, this is a freeform conversation. This, the, the nothing about this is scripted. This is, you know, myself and Brady. This is completely just organic know, conversation. Yeah, it, it's where real life experience and I would say if you're watching this and you're looking into any type of opportunity, I'm willing to have those conversations. Definitely Brady's willing to have those type of conversations. And that, that really was for me personally, one of the things that attracted me to this business is that like going back to being jaded with corporate environments and those type of things. And it, you know, if, if you're happy with that and you're just looking for a part-time scenario that like this business was made for that, but if you're not happy with that, um, you know, it, there, there's a lot out there that people don't realize um, is available and you're not stuck where you are, but, you know, it's going to take some coaching and there's, there's, um, there, there are good people out there that genuinely, like anybody my, as regional manager and the other managers like you on the team, um, there are people that actually genuinely care about helping other people hit those goals. And that's one thing that like inspires me every day about getting up and doing this is that like, I'm happy with the things that we do, but like what really fuels me now is helping others hit those same things. And that's like, that's exciting to me because it, you're breaking out of that mold and becoming the unordinary. And by doing that, you get to do ex other, you know, extraordinary things in your life that like, you just don't realize you could potentially do because somebody put that in your head at some point that like, Oh, because of X, Y, and Z, like this is just never going to happen for you. 
Right, right. Well, thank you, Griffin. And, um, you know, I just want to make sure before before we wrap up here. So we talked about the the past. We've talked about the present. Now, um, I've been surprising guests and we're going to talk about the future. OK, so I want um, what we what we do on every podcast right now um, is um, we're going to look at the next six months. So I want three goals and your wife is in the room. So I will hold these accountable to you. So um, what, what we're going to do is in six months, January, we're going to we're going to do another podcast. Um, and we're going to review, um, what, what your goals are. So rattle off three quick, um, things that you're going to look forward to in the next six months. Minimum of getting promoted to national manager, um, close to, or out of the field as a personal producer, because I know I'm worth way more with my experience that I've been through now, I'm worth way more to our team in that aspect, but I understand how important it is to lead from the front. And um, third thing. I gotta think about the third thing. Yeah. The third, third one, that's why I throw in a third one. Third one's rough, third one's rough. Can it be something cool, like hey, random? It, or it doesn't it... matter, it doesn't have to do with the business. It can just be a goal just in general. I just wanna look back in six months when we're, we're talking about this and uh, we can look back to see, see your progression. We're going to have a new house. All right. I love it. Is there going to be a better, extra bedroom for me? Yeah. All right. Perfect. That's all I care about. <laughs> Hopefully it's going to be on the water, but there, there's definitely going to be some land. We'll make sure there's an extra lot right next to it because I'm going to buy one right next to you. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. We, we can ride <laughs> our jet skis together. How's we, that sound? We, we got to start doing some research. Hey, we, we can definitely do that. We can do definitely do that. So, um, well, hey, Griffin, like I said in the beginning, you know, you're like a brother to me. I appreciate everything you've helped me with in the business and we've grown together. Um, and I thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, last thing, you know, how can people find you? Uh, you can go to cargroup.info and there's contact information on there. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, um, if you're looking to schedule an interview, um, actually contact Brittany. Um, her telephone number is 678-910-0053. But, uh, I, you know, you can also contact if, if you're kind of on the fence and um, not necessarily ready for that um you can either email me at griffin at cargroup.info or you can text me uh at 404-680-0423 and just send me your information and um I, let me know your name where you're located in the country and i can send you some information that kind of gives us an overview of our business um and that will help answer some of the ans the questions that way when we get on the phone and have some more, we can have some more kind of educated, more in-depth conversations and kind of go from there. But um, yeah, cargroup.info. You'll also find between Brady's website and mine, there's going to be some cyclical links that kind of bounce back and forth between the two, not just the podcast, but with his business as well. Because um, even though we both have our own agencies, like you said, it's brother from another mother type situation. So <laughs> like there, there's a lot of things that we... Um, we work together with in terms of uh, agency development with our teams. And, um, you know, we all kind of have strengths and weaknesses. And that's one thing that I think has always been really valuable about mine and your relationship is, you know, we have different strengths and weaknesses. And it's been awesome when we bring other people in, whether it's personality type or background or whatever, it's like we're able to, you know, kind of feed off one another and, I love that culture about our teams, but also like with the Theodore group and with Equus Financial, it's, you know, you got to work hard and not argue, but 
you know, we're, we're all here for results, but if you do that, you will find that there is a family culture to our business and our, with our teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, it's the family I uh, never expected to have. Right. And I, I appreciate every second of it. So, um, well, Griffin, thank you again. And I just want to thank everyone that has either listening, viewing, or however you're listening to this. Um, thank you for, we appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, and we hope you guys have a great day, evening or wherever, whatever time you're listening to this at. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you, man. Yeah. Let's go. We just gotta go hard. Uh.